It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Quickly to Wall. Wall measures. Deal. Gets open for three. Hey, I'm Noah Getzel, and you're listening to Locked On Wizards on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net Station. I've been covering the Wizards for four seasons with Wizards Extra, and before that I covered a bunch of different sports in Wisconsin at both the University of Wisconsin and for the Wisconsin State Journal uh, in the Madison area. So now I've hosted the Locked On Wizards podcast for two months, and you can listen to Locked On Wizards on the radio, uh, Dash Radio, every Monday, Tuesday, and Friday at 9 p.m. 8 central. Uh, or if you're going to listen to a podcast, you can go to LockedOnWizards.com, subscribe on iTunes, or listen on Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, a bunch of other places. So today we're going to be talking about John Wall breaking his silence and talking to reporters for the first time since January. Um, he, he spoke during uh, after practice on Monday, another full practice for him, and uh, We'll also be talking about the Wizards versus Spurs matchup uh, that's coming up at 7 p.m. Central, so it'll be going on by the time you hear this on Locked On, the Locked On Wizards uh, show here on Dash Radio. And finally, we're going to answer some of the burning questions you have about the Wizards heading into postseason. So we'll get started right now talking about uh, what John Wall said in his media availability at Practice Monday. So, uh, the main thing is that he's unsure of his timetable for return. Uh, the coaches are unsure, everyone's a little bit unsure about it, but when he does start playing, he'll be on a minutes restriction, and he probably won't be playing back-to-back games. Uh, the Wizards have a bunch of back-to-backs coming, uh, even this week. They're facing Charlotte, and then, uh, they'll be home against the Bulls. Actually, sorry, they'll be home against Charlotte, and then away against the Bulls on Sunday. Uh, so everyone's excited to have Wall back. He adds a new energy to the team. Uh, he, of course, is antsy to be start playing again after so much time off. Uh, he really pushes guys and gets the best out of them. So whether it's finding them for open shots or um, heightening the defensive intensity, uh, he just his presence raises the level of performance for everyone on the Wizards. Beal mentioned how excited he is not to be double teamed anymore. Uh, he won't have to handle the ball quite as much and can allow his game to flow more naturally when he's more of a spot-up shooter or, you know, just having the, the ball out of his hands a little bit more often. Uh, he's been playing a lot of backup point guard, too. Not quite so much recently with the addition of Vermont Sessions, but he had been backup point guard a fair amount uh, during this time. 
that John Wall has, has been missing games for the past 25 games. So some of the things uh, that John Wall said is he feels like he's shown everything he has to do in practice. Uh, he's going through all the protocols for things that he has to do and clears whatever they want him to clear. Uh, but mostly everything they've asked so far, he, he's been able to accomplish it. So he's just ready for a next step of actually playing back in full NBA games now because practice, of course, is different from a full game. He also said, whenever I've come back to the game of basketball, when I've had an injury in the past, I don't think about it. I just go out there and play the same way I've always played, with a lot of aggression, a lot of attacking mode, a lot of fast pace. I've been doing that. Uh, all, all I've had to do is show that glimpse, and that showed me that I can be myself again. He said he's just going to be John Wall, and that's you know, the only thing he knows how to do. Uh, whatever injury, he doesn't think about it. He just goes out and goes out and plays the same way he's done before. Um, as far as the storyline of the team possibly being better without him, of course it's a storyline coming from out of D.C., Wall said that's unfair because people aren't focused enough on how well the team is playing and just giving his other teammates credits for the work that you know they've been putting together when they won five straight games after he went down, for example. He said, I'm glad we won those games. Uh, we did because if we didn't, right now we'd be in a situation a situation where we might not be in the playoffs. So those were John Wall's comments, nothing too controversial. He mentioned that he changed up his hairstyle just because he's bored and been unable to play. He mentioned that he's lost 10-15 pounds. Uh, perhaps that has to do with the muscle mass disappearing when he's not really able to do his full weightlifting. You never know, maybe it's a diet change. Of course he hasn't had a chance to do too much cardio, except for the anti-gravity machines, which are a little bit different. So basically, that's where John Wall stands. We don't know exactly when he's going to play again. Um, you would think maybe when he's hosting all of his relatives, when the Wizards play at the Charlotte Hornets on Saturday, that might be a good time for him to come back. He's definitely not playing against the Spurs here Tuesday night. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Um, all right, so moving on, the Wizards are, once again, this is, uh, in case you missed it, this is Noah Getzel, your host of Locked On Wizards. We're here on Nothing But Net Station on Dash Radio, and I want to talk about the Wizards-Spurs matchup. So this game is going on right now if you're listening on Dash Radio. Uh, if you're listening in advance, it starts at tips off at 7 p.m. And the Spurs and Wizards are in a little bit different places right now. So they're both the number six seed in their respective conferences. San Antonio has won six of its last seven games until uh, they lost to Bucks on Sunday. On the opposite end of the spectrum, the Wizards are really struggling. They've lost five of seven and eight of 12. Uh, one of those losses was to San Antonio less than six days ago. And that was a game where the Spurs held the Wizards to just 90 points, which is something incredibly rare for the Wizards to go under 100, because the Spurs really play smothering defense, even with 
Kawhi Leonard injured and a bunch of different starting lineups they've gone through this year. One thing has remained constant, and that's that Coach Pop gets them to play incredible D. Uh, and that's, you know, been the storyline. Another big thing is LaMarcus Aldridge completely dominated the Wizards the last time they played, uh, when the Wizards uh, lost at the Alamo for the 18th straight time, dating back to 1999. Aldridge had 27 points, 9 rebounds, and 2 blocks, but basically he could score at any defender the Wizards threw at him. Whether it was Gortop, Mahimni, or even Markeith Morris, he had all these uh, turnaround fadeaways over his right shoulder, and it just looked way too easy for him. Uh, since that game, he's totally been on a mission of destruction against the Jazz. That was a overtime thriller. He scored 45 points, shooting 68%, 18 of 28, including 9 rebounds and 3 blocks uh, over the Jazz. And then against the Bucks in a losing effort, he had 37 points and 7 rebounds. He still shot 57% that game. He shot over 50% against the Wizards, too. Uh, he's truly filled in for Kawhi Leonard incredibly well for the Spurs this season, especially on the offensive end, carrying the load there. And uh, the Spurs are in good position in the West. They're just a half game out from home court advantage, which is surprising because, you know, it's very bunched up there. They're, I think, like, I'd got to double check about two games above um, Denver for, you know, missing the playoffs. You know, they're head, ahead um, over there, and the Jazz are in the finals. Uh, spot, but it, it seems like a sure thing with just a few games remaining that they are going to make the playoffs once again, continuing that streak. The Wizards are three games back of uh, the Sixers, two and a half back of Indiana, so their, their road to getting that home court advantage is a little bit tougher, and we'll talk about later what matchup would be ideal for the Wizards, but that basically covers um, what's going on related to this Wizards-Spurs game. And now we're going to transition on this final segment of uh, the Locked On Wizards show here on Dash Radio's uh, Nothing But Net channel. We're just going to talk about some of the burning questions that you might have about the Wizards as they get ready for their postseason play. So, um, what does the future look like? First of all, when is John Wall going to return? That's what everybody's asking. And according to Chris Miller, who basically knows everything about the Wizards, he, he's with over with uh, NBC Sports Washington, he believes it's going to be on Saturday night in D.C. against the Charlotte Hornets with a lot of uh, John Wall's family members possibly coming from uh, North Carolina to make the trip to see him again. And, I mean, I think that's the case. There was also Tomas Sadaransky hinting at him being out for two more games, which would involve the Spurs game, and then Thursday night's matchup in, in Detroit against uh, the Pistons. Who knows if that's, you know, actually legitimate, set in stone. Everyone's been pretty hush-hush about it, but Tomas Sadaransky did say he's missing two more games, according to Wizards uh, Washington Post Wizards insider Candace Buckner. So I think that's probably going to be the case. Of course, Wall is really ready and anticipating getting back on the court. Uh, Maybe he has to go through, you know, a few of those, a few more of those full five-on-five five workouts to be completely ready. And I, I even think, you know, if the Wizards lose against the Spurs, lose against the Pistons, I, I still don't think he would be back in that Pistons game. But I mean, who knows? We don't know when he'll be available, and only time will tell. Uh, so. How will Tomas Sadaransky fit in once Wall returns is a great question because Sadaransky has been playing great 
for the past 25 games. Without Wall, um, he has, you know, strapped up defensively. He's been shooting at a very efficient rate. And I think that it's not going to be too tough of a transition right away because Wall is not going to start off, you know, playing a ton of time. He's going to be, Sadoransky's still going to take a bunch of those, a uh, big chunk of those minutes at point guard until Wall can get back to playing 30 or more minutes and gets his legs under him. Uh, and we've seen it before. We've seen Wall, Sadoransky, and even Bradley Beal all sharing the floor at the same time, which... It has worked pretty well, but at the same time, like, Beal has been averaging close to seven assists during the time that Wall's been out. We've seen that he can be a playmaker. Uh, Wall is, you know, the best passer in the NBA, perhaps. He, I think he's second in assists, uh, 9.1 per game, something like that. And then Sadoransky, his natural position is point guard, too. He's an incredible playmaker. So you, it's it's tough to figure out whether Sadoransky would work well on the wing, um, and He's, you know, he can rebound. He's six foot seven. He's got a big frame. He could play shooting guard, possibly even small forward. He probably gets more rebounds than a lot of small forwards. But it's just not his natural spot. So we'll see how Coach Scott Brooks decides to integrate everyone in together um, once the Wizards are at full health again. Now let's talk about what the most realistic and ideal playoff positionings would be for the for the Wizards. I think. Above anything, like, not playing the Cleveland Cavaliers would be ideal because there's no chance LeBron's going to lose in the first round of the playoffs. He's been to the past seven NBA Finals, uh, won three of those, and it's it's just not going to happen that any team is going to, you know, beat the Cavs and LeBron in the first round. So the Cavs appear to be kind of locked in at the third seed. Who knows if that'll change uh, but the Wizards should still definitely strive for a home court advantage in that 4-5 matchup. Probably would be against um, Philadelphia because they, they're on a really hot streak. They've won six in a row. Cavs have won five in a row, by the way. And the Sixers have a really easy schedule for the remaining uh, you know, 10 or fewer games of this season. And a lot of people are talking about the seventh spot looking pretty attractive facing, uh, facing the Boston Celtics. But I wouldn't be too sure of that, because even though Kyrie uh, has been out, he's going to miss like three more weeks, possibly three to six weeks with his uh, knee surgery, and then Marcus Smart's out the rest of the season with that hand injury. The Celtics have are just three games back of the Toronto Raptors, and they've been making up some ground. They've, they've won a string of games in a row as well. Um, and even though the, the Celtics aren't at full strength, we saw just two weeks ago in that overtime thriller that the Celtics can still compete without, uh, they were missing Kyrie Irving, Al Horford, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, and others that game. And it didn't matter who was out there because the Celtics still seem to have the Wizards number at least in the first half until that big comeback and ultimate victory that took a Jody Meeks last second three to force overtime. So it was a close call. I wouldn't necessarily want to be facing the Boston Celtics if I was the Wizards in the first round. Um, yeah, the, I think when it comes to the ranking of teams that you don't want to play, first would be the Cavs, because as I mentioned, LeBron just you know has a knack for winning the East every 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 single year. And then after that would be the Raptors because they're the best team in the East. They've shown time and time again that you know they're they're the team to beat even though the Wizards did beat them twice this year without John Wall. That's kind of a statement. Uh, they lost the last matchup. 
And then third, I would still, eh, between Celtics and Sixers, I would say I'd rather avoid the Sixers before the Celtics, just because the Celtics are missing their, you know, their, their head honcho and uh, Kyrie. So after that, I would, after Sixers at the third team that's most fearful in the East, then you would go to the Celtics and then probably the Pacers, Bucks, and Heat, uh, rounding out the, the seven teams after that. Um, all right, next question. Who is over and underperforming for the Wizards right now? Well, when you look at the starting lineup, underperformer has got to be Marcin Gortat, just because we've seen what he's capable of um, in his years with John Wall in the pick-and-roll game. And he's still, don't get me wrong, he's still doing the dirty work. He's still doing the little things that assure victories, whether it's those tap-out offensive rebounds or just the pin-down screens that, you know, leave the defender with no chance to catch the shooter or catch someone cutting uh, off the back door or a curl cut. He's still good at those little things, but when you look at overall productivity, his numbers are way down. And it's a little bit surprising that he continues to start because it's probably just... If he's still with Washington, he mentioned that after next year he wants to retire. Uh, I mean, we'll see if, if he stays with the Wizards into this offseason. But that story is for another day. Uh, right now, he is not finishing out games very often. Sometimes when games go into overtime, he'll play through overtime. Just uh, Scott Brooks mentioned that he's great at winning jump balls, so that's why you want him to start the overtime. But really, he, he has not been uh, up to par in terms of the level he's been at, and a large part of that is because Jan Mahimni is a lot healthier than he was last year, but another big factor is that he's just not quick enough to guard three-point shooters and chase people out of the paint. Um, he's He mentioned himself when uh, the Wizards went against the Pacers and he was guarding Al Jefferson because uh, you know the, the top two centers for the, the Pacers were out of the lineup, who were a, a lot more mobile. Um, that was kind of a game that he looked forward to because he's like, I want someone to, you know, bang and muscle in the paint with. I, I want someone who's doing all these uh, drop steps and turnaround hooks and things like that, the traditional post game. That's what he's accustomed to. What That's what he gets excited about. And he had a great game. Uh, I think he had like 18 points and close to 10 rebounds in, in that game when the Wizards beat the Pacers about a week ago. But, yeah. <laughs> Altogether... Gortat is not, he's definitely underperforming for the Wizards heading into the postseason as the starting center. Uh, guys who are doing better than expectations, I would say Ramon Sessions. I didn't know what he had left in the tank, and he is still able to get to the rim and get to the line. Um, even at his, his age, over 30, he's, he's still got that ability to drive. Um, so he's been a nice addition. He was signed to two 10-day contracts, and now he's playing out the rest of the season with the Wizards. Um, Kelly Oubre has been putting together, He, you know, he's always a little bit inconsistent, but he's been putting together a nice stretch of games. His, his three-point shooting has been night and day better this year, and he uh, is definitely going to be an X-factor for the Wizards come playoff time. What other question was we got? All right, what's most important for the Wizards these final nine games? I would say getting healthy and finding their rhythm. So the biggest thing is getting John Wall to the point where he's, you know, playing like John Wall again when the playoffs begin. 
And I don't know if he's 100%. He seems, you know, 100%. He seems ready to go, no doubt about it. But with a few lesser opponents coming up, which kind of means nothing, as we saw Sunday against the Knicks when the Wizards dropped that game and let, of all people, um, <laughs> Trey Burke, you know, score the game-winning, would-be game-winning bucket. And then Trey Burke came back to have, like, I forgot, 42 points and 12 assists, some other ridiculous game the next time out. Uh, yeah, he, he balled out. But it's, it's just, you know, the Wizards have been playing down to opponents for oh so long. And even though the Wizards are ending the season with a lot of easier opponents, and uh, they do have three tougher teams on the schedule to end the season. They've got the Rockets, the Celtics, and the Cavaliers. The Celtics won't be at full strength. Who knows if the Rockets, who have clinched, just about clinched that number one spot in the West. I don't know if James Harden and Chris Paul will be playing or resting. And you never know what lineup the Cavs are going to go with. But those will be tough matchups. Um, otherwise, the Wizards have a lot of lottery-bound opponents. And, yeah, I think uh, just reintegrating John Wall into the lineup, it shouldn't take long. But, you know, getting his legs back under him, getting his conditioning up, to the point where he's ready to play. Uh, we'll see how he's progressing, but hopefully he can play 30 minutes or more in the playoffs. Uh, that's basically, yeah, that's that's what we want to see. So that'll do it. Um, that'll probably wrap things up for this edition of Locked on Wizards here on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net station. Again, I'm your host, Noah Getzel. You can follow me on Twitter at... Noah underscore Getzel. That's N-O-A-H underscore G-O-E-T-E-L. And of course, follow Locked On Wizards at Locked On Wizards. Um, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, um, Audio Boom, Stitcher, anywhere else where you listen to your podcasts. And uh, last but not least, I mentioned I'm a Wizards writer for Wizards Extra. Be sure to follow Wizards Extra on Twitter as well. No E, just X-T-R-A. And we provide in-game coverage every home game and away game. At the home games, we do uh, pre-game videos of the warm-ups and pre-game press conference. We do uh, post-game videos of uh, the players giving in the locker room and Scott Brooks's press conference as well. And we have um, live Twitter analysis throughout the game, recap stories, videos, podcasts, everything under the sun, any type of coverage you want. If we don't provide it, just let us know on Twitter what you want to see, and we'll make it happen. Cool. So enjoy the Wizards and Spurs game tonight. Um, The Wizards are trying to snap their three-game losing streak, which is tied for the longest of the season, and trying to boost their position there in the Eastern Conference. All right, thanks, everybody. Have a great night, and that's it. Thanks for listening. Off the name, first of all, you ain't fat long enough to be for me. You, you ain't strong enough. So whatever it is you pumping on, I got you thinking that you Superman. I got the kryptonite, and I smack you with my dick in the mic. Characters, not even good actors. What's going to be the outcome? That's out of all the factors. You whack and twisted. Your girl's a whore. You broke the kid ain't yours, and everybody knows your own. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.